What's going on, everybody? I'm Kyle Webb. And I'm his brother, Nathan Webb. And you're listening to our podcast, Two Brothers and a Review. Thanks for joining us again. Hopefully you listened to our episode yesterday. We dropped a special bonus episode for Christmas. So late Merry Christmas. Yeah. Um, but yesterday we covered National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're back again for our normal weekly review. So yeah. if you want to go ahead and plug our Instagram, we'll get started. Yeah, guys, if you uh, were following the Instagram that Nathan is referring to, Two Bros in a Review, you would have known that we did drop that bonus episode. So go ahead and get over there to Instagram, Two Bros in a Review. It's really easy. You just click the follow button. <laughs> That's right. It's the best place to find out any news that we have, special drops, and see those beautiful uh, movie cover edits that we do, <laughs> along with a bunch of other silly photos we're posting and just whatever else we think we can post up on that Instagram. Get us to 100 followers, guys. We really want to start doing um, some live reaction videos. Um, and I said that our first live reaction video, I will be doing some hot sauce tasting while doing the review. That's the best way I can describe it. I'm going to have a couple different hot sauces, and I'm going to be eating that while doing the review. It's going to be pretty funny. Maybe a little difficult for me to get through, but... Yeah, it will be, it will be good. And since yesterday, I have talked to Jordan, and he confirmed he will be doing that with you. He doesn't know that uh, he's going to be getting even hotter than what you actually are eating <laughs> sauce. I won't do that to him. No, we got to. It's our first live reaction video, <laughs> but it won't happen unless they get on Instagram, two bros in a review, and give us that follow and get us up to one hundred followers. It's a, it's a small ask for, for free. You yeah. know, like really is. Um. Another free thing to do as you're doing right now, uh, just continue every week. Listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, several other platforms. Um, as I've said many times and I'll continue to say, if we are not on a particular platform that you prefer, please slide into our DMs on that Instagram, two bros and a review. Let us know what platform you want us on and we'll do everything in our power to make sure we're on it for you. You know, speaking of... Apple Podcasts. If you guys have Apple devices, any kind, uh, iMac, iPad, iPhone, whatever, get onto the Apple Apple Podcast icon that they have on there. It's a little purple icon. Uh, search two bros and two brothers in a review, and uh, you know, give us five stars and leave a comment. You know, we do want to start reading out some of these reviews, but we just want to make sure we get a couple before we uh, go all willy nilly and start reading these reviews that. People are leaving. <laughs> right. It helps us climb the charts. Um, they got some funky algorithms and whatnot. We just we just need all these five-star reviews. doesn't matter what you say. You can tell us what you had for dinner. You can tell us Merry Christmas. You can tell us we're no good at doing this. It doesn't really matter. Give us some feedback. We'll read it on um, on the podcast once we get a bunch. And just help us help you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just so you guys know, I mean, if, if you're listening, you know that these podcasts go live every saturday at noon eastern so if you were just catching up and it's past saturday uh this saturday coming up you can listen at noon eastern every week that's right and this will be our 15th episode we've had three bonus episodes and and 12 saturday i guess we'll call it saturday episodes yeah so yesterday was our third bonus episode correct so get on there and listen to that as soon as you're done with this one because it is hilarious. <laughs> and what are we listening to? Or what are we reviewing today? Uh, well, the listeners will be listening to us review Home Alone. <laughs> That's right, Home Alone. 
you can't see it, but uh, I've got my hands on my cheeks right now. <laughs> Matter of fact, I believe if you go to Instagram, you'll be able to see it. But um, we said it on the bonus episode, we're not going to do any housekeeping this week. Um, but the next episode that we do, it's going to have housekeeping for three movies. Yeah, so the it's, it's going to be, a, we might as well just do a, a bonus episode of just Just housekeeping. housekeeping. <laughs> We'll call it just housekeeping. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk off air about we, that. We might have to do that. Um, yeah, so we'll get right into the review. We'll we'll start it off with the fact skis. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Um, Home Alone is a 1990 American Christmas family comedy film. It's directed by Chris Columbus. It stars Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, John Hurd, and Catherine O'Hare, my favorite. The <laughs> film follows Kevin, that's Macaulay Culkin, an eight-year-old boy who must defend his home from two burglars, Harry and Marv, played by Pesci and Stern, after his family accidentally leaves him behind on their vacation. All right, on the back of the case, I'm just going to read straight from the back of the case for everybody. Um, when Kevin's family left for vacation, they forgot one minor detail. Kevin, <laughs> eight-year-old Kevin McAllister, Macaulay Culkin, has become the man of the house overnight. Accidentally left behind when his family rushes off on a Christmas vacation, Kevin gets busy decorating the house for the holidays. But he's not decking the halls with tinsel and holly. Two bumbling, burgers, <laughs> two bumbling burglars are trying to break in, and Kevin's rigging a bewildering battery of booby traps to welcome them. Man, that... That whole uh, that's a whole paragraph was a bumbling thing. No yeah, wonder it was a tongue twister. <laughs> a little bit. Um, yep, rated PG with a runtime of one hour and forty three minutes. Yeah, it got eighteen million dollar budget and gross forty four hundred and seventy seven point one million at the box office. That's a pretty big box office movie. Um, that's one- got to be one of the biggest. Grossing films that we reviewed so far, don't you think? I believe so. Um, I got a little bit of that in the in the facts to come. Also, um, one thing real quick: the eighteen million dollar budget is not what it started off as. Again, I'll I'll come back to it, but it actually started as a ten million dollar budget. Mm. So, um, Home Alone held the record for highest grossing live action comedy ever until it was overtaken by The Hangover Part Two in two thousand eleven. Holy shit! That's so. Quite some time. It was... 1990 to 2011? Whew. All right. And part two did it? Not one? Yeah, part two of The Hangover, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> um, according to the novelist and screenwriter William Goldman, the film's success prompted the creation of, Holly, of a Hollywood verb known as to be home alone, <laughs> meaning to have a film's box office reduced by the impact of home alone. <laughs> John Hughes, who also wrote National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, wrote Home Alone. Uh, he first assigned Chris Columbus to direct Chris, uh, Christmas Vacation. That's a lot of cr- um, yeah. <laughs> He first assigned Chris Columbus to direct Christmas Vacation, but Columbus and Chase did... Why is there so many tongue twisters in this? <laughs> All right, let's start that over. John Hughes wrote both National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and Home Alone. He first assigned Chris Columbus to direct Christmas Vacation, but Columbus and Chase did not mesh well, so Columbus backed out and was given Home Alone to direct. 
I wrote that myself, and I still couldn't get through it, barely. I'm surprised you didn't just yell Christ in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so him and him and Chevy, Chevy did not, uh, not get along too well. So Columbus asked off of it, and lucky for him, he had another project that he could Did pretty direct. well at, so... <laughs> yep. Uh, Columbus did an uncredited rewrite of the script, which includes the character Old Man Marley. He added the character to give the story a more serious layer as well as a more emotional ending. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, we'll get into the opinions part, but I, I really like his character and how agree. everything pans out. <laughs> agree, agree. Yep. Um, one of my favorite actors, Robert Nero, was originally considered for the role of Harry, and Dan uh, Roebuck was cast to play Marv. Obviously, that's not that's not what happened. Um, another thing, the movie was shot in an abandoned high school in Chicago because John Hughes does not like Hollywood studio atmosphere. Uh, John Hughes directed films Uncle Buck and Ferris Bueller's Day Off in that same school. Oh, shit. That's cool. That's cool. Huh? Yeah. Yes. Next time you watch one of those two movies, just see if you recognize anything. Probably won't, but you never know. Um, as I said before, the original budget for Home Alone was $10 million, and it was a Warner Brothers project. When they asked to increase the budget, Warner Brothers shut it down, and that's when 20th Century Fox picked it up. And gave me eight more million dollars. <laughs> Pretty much, yep. That's crazy. Some of that um, budget included the fake snow that they had to use for every scene, except for the final scene where mother, uh, where the mother returns home from Christmas, Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. There actually just happened to be a big blizzard. Perfect timing for them to get that they they dropped everything they were doing and rushed to the final scene so that they could have that snowfall. Oh, nice. But the rest of the movie was actually, was fake snow. So, oh, I'll, I'll get more into that. Uh, just, just <coughs> at some point, just say something about fake snow so I can go back to that. Cause... Gotcha, okay. <laughs> um, notice some, some of the fake snow here and there, possibly? No, that's, okay. that's actually uh, the opposite. Like, I think they did very well. Okay. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> um, John Williams wrote the score for Home Alone. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with John Williams, but he composed the score to, uh, for other big movies to include Star Wars, Jaws, E.T., Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, the list goes on. John Williams is a huge get for this low-budget movie. Wow. That was, that's a lot of good movies. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. When it comes to composing, John Williams is box office. So Let's go, John. <laughs> May I tell you what I think happened? Alrighty then. Alrighty then. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm going to get straight into the opinions, segue into uh, the snow so I don't forget. Um, well, alrighty then. <laughs> yeah, so the the part where Kevin is running into the church and he's stepping on the snow mm-hmm. and it like crunches, I was like, I, I, I was like, I wonder if that's fake snow because I've walked on snow that does that too. So like yeah. whoever however they made the snow, I mean obviously they spent some money on it, so it it in my opinion kudos that was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't know where you're going with that. I didn't know if like foot, this disappearing disappearing footsteps or or what, but so the crunching sound is what you picked up on. The crunching and then the way the the snow looked as he like on his footsteps okay. like gotcha. just how it like it didn't look like he just sunk into it right away. It kind of like had a little give and then broke as he put pressure on it. Like, I I, I think I, it just now clicked as I'm listening to you listen or as you're talking about that. It mm-hmm. clicked to me why you like snow so much. Why you spent a good portion of your life in Florida, where according to our our good friend Tommy, mm-hmm. there 
there's no snow, obviously. No, <laughs> so that's why you you cherish cherish snow so much. Where I have lived in Ohio, upstate New York, and did a lot of training in Germany and shit. So I hate fucking snow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I <laughs> I found a reason to like snow. Like, if if I can't if I have to work and it's snowing, I hate it. You know, but like, if I'm off work and it's snowing, I'm like, huh, let's go. It's time to go snowboarding. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got you. A little off track. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, um, you're you're good. Plus, you're kind of right. Like living in Florida, like you kind of miss it. You know, like I like the the changing of the seasons. Gotcha. Ohio's probably the worst place to be like that because it's like bipolar. It's like, different fucking season every day. Um, yeah. Sometimes multiple seasons in one day. Back to the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I don't think the graphic designer um, gets enough credit because whoever came up with the Home Alone logo, it's it's simple yet it's just so good. It's yeah. the home, the little picture of the home, or the word home, little picture of the home, and it's alone. Mm-hmm. It's so simple, but it's, it's now an iconic fucking movie like symbol did you notice uh how they spelled home alone everything is cap capital except for the e oh yeah and it's a little crooked yeah just a little little designing technique yeah yeah so kudos to the graphic designer absolutely i guess i don't think he gets enough credit um but uh so about the movie though yeah besides (laughs) just the graphic design yeah man that family sucks (laughs) yeah (laughs) If, if you're watch if you watch home alone and you Come out of it thinking that Kevin McAllister's family is a good family, then you've got some serious problems. Yeah. Because, man, that family sucks. <laughs> However, I'll tell you right now, my kids would never talk to me the way Kevin talks to his parents. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't talk to him or my kids the way that, that they do Kevin either. But Yeah. Well, you know, I can say I was telling you before, like a little bit off of the podcast, that I think that they covered a lot of bases, like. Like, they cover the bases a lot on this. Like, like how they forget Kevin. Mm-hmm. Well, they had the girl do the head count, and the neighbor was in the van, so the girl never seen the kid. Right. And then, how did you not notice he wasn't on the plane? Well, the parents are in first class, and all the kids are in coach. So yeah, it's so like... They, they definitely tie up loose ends, so you don't have any questions about that kind of stuff. And then, like, they're, I don't know if you noticed, but they're, like, when he spills the milk... And the dad wipes off the table and he like throws that ticket away. Yeah, it literally has says Kevin on it. I was just like, I don't think I remember remember that the first time I. Oh no, definitely, I definitely didn't. Like, but (laughs) but watching it to review it, you pay attention a little more. Yep. So I mean, shit. I've I've watched several movies since we started doing this that um, we're not reviewing. Just I just watch in my my own leisure, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm still finding now that I'm Mm -hmm. I'm looking at things like that, but. It is what it is. Um, and another, I just wanted to say another example they had mm-hmm. was when they were getting in the van, the guy said, hey, we got your power back on, but your phone's going to be down for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. She thought everybody was there, so she was like, well, I'll be in fucking France. <laughs> close the door and roll out pretty much. She didn't say anything. She just closed the door. But She said thank you or something and closed yeah. the door, yeah. I don't even know if she said thank you. I just think she just was like, because hmm. he kind of like looked at her like, bitch. Well, like, she is. That's She yes. absolutely is. <laughs> Catherine Hare, not the actress. Just the roles that she plays. Yes. But, uh, yeah, there's, that's, actually, I've got it later for some foreshadowing, and you've already hit a couple of them, so good on you. Yeah. Um, so, Lenny, the, uh, one of Kevin's cousins, the girl, she says, you're what the French call les incompetents. Um, I think I'm saying that correctly. If not, who cares? Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, French people, if you're listening. But it translates to the incompetent. 
Just for anybody who who wanted to know, les incompetent translates to the incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I kind of almost like did the Google Translate because my iPhones like with the new update made it do that. So I almost rewind the video just to have them like have it translated for me, but. Well, I, I I took French one in high school. I I failed out of it, but I I know a few things. Oh. Je m'appelle Nathan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to point that out for anybody that may have been asking or may have been wondering. Um, again, it just shows how much that family fucking sucks for them to for that girl to be saying that to an eight year old. But it is what it is. <laughs> Speaking of how much they suck, way to show how rude and entitled Americans are with the scene where uh, the McAllister, McAllisters are running through Paris, uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport. Worst airport I've ever been to, by the way. <laughs> um, and they take the phone out of the lady's hand. It just shows how rude and entitled Americans are. And I, I was shaking my head when it, when it happened. You know which scene I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay. They're like, and she's like, oh, what was I doing? And she was on the phone, and they're talking... French and she's like, yeah. uh, no, wrong person is like hung up and then such a bitch. It's like I understand like you're you've realized that you left your eight year old child alone at home in Chicago, but <laughs> wait your fucking turn, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> France, your airport sucks, but I I promise not all Americans are like that. <laughs> um, but I did like how they did the um, they showed. The Sticky Bandits, like, intro and stuff like that, like... The Wet Bandits? Yeah, but you know what I mean, like... Yeah. It's the Wet Bandits because I believe it's Marv is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Marv keeps saying it, but... Because he likes to leave the running, the water running in houses that he burglarizes and it floods, so that's where he gets the Wet yeah. Bandits. But if you Google it... And it says Sticky it'll, Bandits? It'll come up as sti- the Sticky Bandits. That's odd. And I think that's because of the second Home Alone movie that they make. Oh. Like, not only did the bitch leave him... Alone once, she did it twice. But yeah. Worst mother of the decade. <laughs> um Worst Mother of the Decade, but best line of the movie. Personally, uh Gus Polanski, played by John Kennedy. Or, wow, played by John Candy, says we sold about six hundred and twenty three copies of that. Kate asks, in Chicago? Candy replies, No, Sheboygan. Very big in Sheboygan. This, along with the entire scene, was ad-libbed by Candy. Um, in case anybody wants to know, Sheboygan is a small city in Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee. <laughs> but I just thought the no Sheboygan, very big in Sheboygan, is an <laughs> iconic line, um, and I, I thought it was good. Again, that whole scene, John Candy ad-libbed completely. Yeah. Uh, you'd say best line. Uh, I don't know. I just I feel like... Uh, the the movie that yep, he plays the, over. That's definitely a close second for me. Like, go ahead, say it. Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like my favorite. I mean, it's iconic. Did you know that that's not actually a movie either? Yeah. Okay. Uh, for all you listeners out there, um, the line he's talking about is the the black and white movie that Kevin plays a couple times. That is a fictitious movie. They they made that specifically for this. That's not a real movie. I did not know that. Until I did research. I, I looked it up because I was going to try and watch it too. <laughs> I ain't going to lie because I kind of wanted to know like what all happens. But like, if you think about it, it played it worked too well for Kevin in this movie for it to be an actual movie. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, like oh. the, the wet bandits, the pizza guy, <laughs> like everything. 
don't know about you, but I fucking cringe when Mark, uh, played by Daniel Stern, stepped on that nail. Marv. What did I say, Mark? You said Mark. I, I said Marv. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, when he stepped on that nail, <laughs> I thought they were going to show... I, I don't know, maybe it was just my childhood memory of watching this, but I remember the nail going all the way through his foot. Maybe it's the Mandela effect. Yeah, it probably is. But man, did that, yeah, it made my foot hurt. I was yes. like, oh, I've stepped, <laughs> I've stepped on a nail. Oh. And I've, I've witnessed it. I mean, it, luckily I was smart enough to pull it out right away. Uh, most people don't realize if you step on like roofing nails and stuff, there's glue that are on those nails. So like if the longer you leave it in, the, the worse it gets. So I luckily knew that. Or I didn't know it. I just pulled it out because I didn't know what I stepped on. But yeah. Well, hey, listeners, not only do you get a little bit of entertainment, but you learn something, too. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, All right. (laughs) I don't know. I I just, I remember the feeling of sitting on that nail, and then all that glue stuff came to my mind, so I didn't talk about it. I got you. But, yeah. I I knew it was happening. Like, that's one thing I do remember from my childhood. And this time, I, like, I kind of closed my eyes when it happened, because... Yeah, I've never stepped on a nail, but I can imagine how painful it is. I can tell you a continuity, <clears throat> continuity error they had. Let's hear it. When Kevin <clears throat> rode the sled down the stairs. When, I'm sorry, I called. When, when Kevin rode the sled down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he when he's at the top of the stairs, he sh- it shows like the stairs, and then he had to he'd have to cut left to go out the door. And oh. then as soon as he goes to the bottom of the stairs, they just show him shooting out the door. They don't ever show you like, I don't know, like it's just. I got gotcha. you. That all oh, that was. Remember how I told you that Home Alone is the reason. I'll tell the listeners, Home Alone is the reason that I'm scared of basements because of that furnace. <laughs> and then the sled thing. Cassie and I at one at one time when we were little got in cardboard boxes and laundry baskets and tried to slide down the stairs. <laughs> and I think that's because of this movie. So. Probably. <laughs> they, never, they never had a warning, so <laughs> my mom could have sued you guys. <laughs> <laughs> What about, yeah. what about favorite scene? There's so many good scenes in this, but do you have a favorite one? Uh, I you know just the whole the whole scene where the wet bandits are just being fucked up by. by <laughs> Fair I, enough. I think the funniest one is when he shoots he shoots him in the nuts with the BB gun, and yeah. then Marv sticks his head Put in his big stupid head in there. Yeah, and then he shoots him in the head. Yeah. I think that's just. Hilarious, because he's like, I'm going to kill this kid. (laughs) (laughs) My personal favorite, I'm I'm with you, the whole, uh, the wet bandits getting fucked up is great. But um, my personal favorite, I've had a pinpoint one, when Marv grabs Kevin's foot, preventing him from going (laughs) up to the attic. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But Buzz's tarantula is on the steps, so Kevin puts it. Puts the tarantula on Marv's face, and Marv screams like a little bitch. Hey, that's my favorite scream of the whole movie. Yeah, that scream. <laughs> but but hold on, how? You, but wait, there's more. Say it. Yeah, but wait, there's more. Because <laughs> <laughs> right after he screams, then he grabs the crowbar and he's holding it over Harry, um, which is played by Joe Pesci, and yeah. tells him not to move, and then proceeds to fucking hit him with it. To kill this tarantula. And that, that's a bit of foreshadowing because the tarantula is like cruising around the movie. Like, throughout the whole movie until that, that part of the scene. You know, I don't know if it's foreshadowing, but it's, it's like... It's actually a Chekhov's gun. Che- oh, it is Chekhov's gun. Yep. Yes. That's, I knew it was a trope, or I knew it was yes, sir. something that we usually get get down on. Yep, on this, you are correct, podcast. sir. Um, but, but, yeah. s- <laughs> but speaking of foreshadowing, um, 
I've got a few things that there definitely are foreshadowing. So mm-hmm. if you have anything else, add it. If if you recognize any of this stuff, make sure you, you tell me. Um, so Kevin's uh, fit about living alone. Living alone when he grows up, uh, he will be living alone for the next few days thanks to the power outage mm-hmm. um, and his crappy parents leaving him. So little little foreshadowing there with the fit saying he wants to live alone. Um, Kevin's brother Jeff throws his bag down the stairs and just barely avoids hitting Harry, who's standing at the front door dressed as a police officer. <laughs> the next time something comes down the stairs to meet him, he isn't so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when old man Marley is first seen, Buzz tells Kevin and Rod that he murdered his family, which is why um, they're no longer around. But as it turns out, he's not as um, on good terms with his family because of an argument he had with his son years before. Yeah. So, slight foreshadowing there. Um, in Paris, Peter says the only thing they have is um, have is a booking for the whole family on Friday morning flight. Kate doesn't want to wait for it. However, at the end, it's revealed this is how everyone else managed to get home pretty much at the exact same time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then in the beginning, Peter tells Kevin to pick up his micro machines because Aunt Leslie almost broke her neck stepping on one. Later on, Kevin uses the micro machines as one of the traps. Yeah. So little bits of foreshadowing everywhere. Is there anything else you, you might have noticed has happened earlier and then it comes back into play later? Uh, Not really. I know, like, there's a part where, like, that kid is telling the shuttle drivers that he, he's going to Florida and he's leaving mm-hmm. town. And then the next thing you know, it's the Marv and Harry are in his house listening to an answer machine. Like, oh, wait, did you say it was a McCallish? Like, yep. Like, then they were all gone. So Yep, you know, okay. That. Um, some of those things I touched on, like the micro machines, those are also Chekhov's gun as well, but... Yeah. So. Yeah, and then, uh, what was your, you said it, that your favorite scene was that, was... My favorite scene is when the tarantula, he puts the tarantula on Marv's face, yeah. but then, <laughs> when it's on Harry, and Marv is standing over him with the crowbar and, and swings it at him, that, I... Yeah, every time I see that, doesn't matter how many times I see it. It's like, this isn't about this movie, but the movie Hangover, mm-hmm. um, Mike Tyson scene. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite when scene. When Mike movie. Tyson's first introduced, he's do 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 and does that whole thing. Oh, my yes. God. I, like, literally, no matter how many times I watch it, I have, like, tears rolling down my face because mm-hmm. it's so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. This is that for me. Yeah. <laughs> so. I love, okay, so I love this, this movie because I, I'm sure it's a trope, but, like, I think it's, like, uh instant expert or something like that what was yeah instant expert a trope yeah and like kevin or yeah kevin just somehow just knows how to build all this stuff and make all these things hey that's a fair i don't have that in the trope section so it's a fair argument yeah but i do i i love the fact that like he pours water on the stairs and knows it's gonna freeze up yeah and like i love he puts that thing on the door to heat it up and it's oh god yes yeah my that's one of my (laughs) that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is when when harry like burns it and then sticks it in the snow and then he goes to the back door and he licks his finger and touches the knob real quick and he's like oh okay and then he opens the door and gets flamed on the head like it's just like you know it's a kid movie when they stay there and they're like "Ah," like because in in real life like as soon as it starts you're like oh shit what is that like but yeah i i have two eight-year-olds and I think maybe they might be able to pull some of this stuff off. Oh, but. yeah. I could, I, but that's, <laughs> those are webs, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different breed. You're right. But, yeah, Instant Expert, I like it. Yeah. So. I mean, you, you brought up a trope. Are you ready for the tropes, or do you still 
want to talk more about the movie. I mean, we, I mean, we can bring up tropes, and then if anything comes comes back to mind, we you know we can like that's how we do it. We cover bases. All right. Trope. There it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get let's get into them. Um, this one's this one's different. For want of a nail. So a story in which one small change has a ripple effect, uh, resulting in massive changes. That's for want of a nail. So in Home Alone, all of the events of the movie can be traced back to Buzz playing a prank on Kevin by eating his pizza, which results in Kevin being sent to sleep in the attic and being forgotten the next morning. Mm-hmm. If that particular incident wouldn't have happened, the whole movie wouldn't have happened. So for want of a nail is what the <laughs> trope is called. Hmm. I have to look into where the name comes from, but that that is. Um, 30 minutes or it's free. <laughs> so this one has a little bit of a backstory. I want to include that too. A pizza is ordered. If it fails to arrive within a certain time frame, it's free. This was an advertising gimmick invented by Domino's Pizza in the 1980s, but was largely discontinued in the 1990s because of an increase in the number of delivery drivers getting into car accidents or being pulled over for speeding and reckless driving. <laughs> and also, it was a prof- uh, uh, it was also probable profit losses due to customers taking advantage over the or if it's free part. So, this occurs in Home Alone because little Nero's has a 20-minute guarantee. The delivery boy drives like crazy to fill this, especially the first time he's delivering $100 worth of pizza. Mm-hmm. So, I said all of that. It's called 30 Minutes or It's Free. But I just wanted to give the backstory where it comes from. Yeah, no, it's was, it was funny because I was thinking about how uh, we used to do that on Connecticut. We'd order a pizza and we wouldn't order the door, the door until 31 minutes later. Just so we get it for free. Sorry, Domino's. <laughs> Balling on a budget. <laughs> That's how you do it when you're eating butter noodles all day. You want a free pizza. <laughs> um, another one we got, the uh, Barbarian Fire Drill. I believe it's Barbarian. Um, this occurs when a character or characters employ tactics to get what they need done. So the tactic used in Home Alone is when Harry poses as a police officer to find out when the McAllisters will be away and what home security measures they have. Yeah. So basically, just doing what you got to do. To be a crook. <laughs> exactly. That's called the Bavarian fire drill. Um, freeze frame bonus. So you already you already mentioned this earlier, um, but I'm going to tell you how it's a trope. In video, sometimes the screen will show something briefly that you cannot tell what it is unless you play the video in slow-mo, pause it, or go frame by frame. This occurs when Peter is blotting up the spilled milk, Kevin's plane ticket can be seen in the wet napkins he throws in the trash bin. This can also be considered foreshadowing. Okay. So, so freeze frame bonus. Nice. Oh. So he brought up a trope and didn't realize it. And I didn't even freeze frame it. I just, it just, you know. That's right? I, yeah. What you're looking for without knowing that you're looking for it kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, boom, headshot. I think we've had this one before. Um, if not, then... It's kind of self-explanatory. Another incident that you brought up in the movie, one of Kevin's methods of dispatching the wet bandits involves him shooting Marv in the forehead with a BB gun when he he pokes his big head through the doggy door. Oh, and the incident expert was, remember we were talking about how, like, they, in a, what movie was that where where he's killing, where everybody's getting killed. Stranger, the strangers. Mm-hmm. When the person, like, is struggling with the gun and then somehow just manages to be able to use it, like, ex- like he's yeah. an instant expert. Well, I like how in Home Alone they showed him 
shooting the toys, like, oh, he's actually, he's good with a gun kind yeah. of thing. Like, I mean, obviously, you're still instant expert, but right, it's not like he picked up the gun for the first time in the movie and shot Marv in the head. It I mean, like, for the first, like, 10, 15 minutes of the movie, it's like he's a dumb little eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly his family's gone and he's instant expert. So, yeah, yeah. like I said, I didn't put that in my, um, in my tropes, so good, good catch. Um, another one is called the callback. So Harry demonstrates knowledge about the holiday light, um, timer on all the houses, uh, on, on the McAllister street. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid of them. Um, on the night, Harry and Marv seek to rob Kevin's house. Kevin hurries home, um, to ready his battle plan. Mm-hmm. The camera catches all of the holiday lights on Kevin's street turning on. It's warning the audience that Harry and Marv will be arriving shortly. Yeah. So that's that's called that's like that's a callback. Oh, um, cool. So something happens or said is said in the movie and then it's like repeated later to make sense basically. Yeah. Uh face your fears. Kevin has to face his fear of his basement, like like you. <laughs> um he manages to overcome this fear and incorporates the basement into his battle with Harry and Marv at the end of the movie. Yeah, and he also explains to uh, to the neighbor that that he conquered that fear. So, like, correct he's another instance where he's and in, in, I guess we'll call it instant therapist. Instant therapist, okay. <laughs> he just instantly is like, yeah. So I conquered my fear of going to the basement. I just re- realized all it was I needed to turn, turn the lights on. So why don't you go and uh, call your son? The worst thing, pretty much what he's saying is like the worst that can happen is he can hang up on you. But at least you know that he doesn't want to talk to you. Well, that's that's basically exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah. Listen to two brothers in a review making up their own tropes now. I like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then all worked out for uh, old man Marley too. Yeah. So that little, was I, I like the happy ending. I like the touch on that. Like agreed. And then uh, I, I, we kind of jump into the the tropes. But another thing I did like was when uh, when Harry gets his tooth knocked out and then. When the family gets there, the dad goes, honey, what's this? And it's right. like, it's his tooth. Like, <laughs> um, Yeah, we can get back to the truth. My bad, guys. Yeah. I just wanted to jump in real quick. And... It's all good. It's all good. Um, what'd <laughs> you call that? The Instant uh, therapist. Instant therapist. Yeah. All right. I like it. <laughs> Gotta try to remember that one and see if I can find more of that. Um, all right. Chekhov's gun. We've covered this a few <laughs> times. So Axel, which is Buzz's tarantula, is seen early on in... Um, early on and then again when kevin climbs on the shelves axel is let loose and you have to think we'll be seeing the tarantula again at some point we sure do and it's in the best scene of the movie (laughs) uh others include the firecrackers from uh buzz's room a lot of things from buzz because his buzz's bb gun is also considered a checkoff's gun literally it's a gun firecrackers Um, Yep. <laughs> the mannequins in the basement, you see them like just in the background at one mm-hmm. point in the beginning of the movie, and then they come into play, obviously. Um, not an object, but Peter telling Kevin to pick up his micro-machines. So the micro-machines mm-hmm. technically are the Chekhov's gun. gun. Uh, because Aunt Leslie stepped on one and almost broke her neck, which I believe that happens to... Is it Marv that steps on him? Both of them. Remember? Did they, oh, that's right. They both... Okay, yeah, that's right. Marv stepped in a lot of stuff, so... <laughs> there, There's one... Okay. I know I keep coming off the tropes, but that's... It's all good. It's the funny... Like, so... Something funny about that. 
when he gets hit by the paint can, when Harry gets hit, hit by the paint can, he's not down for that long. But then when they get upstairs and he trips over a wire, he's like knocked out for like you know as long oh, yeah. as long as Marv is like battling Kevin and yeah. then, like yeah. Yeah, I just always I, that's one thing I remember thinking like what the hell like the wire got you <laughs> shit watch out for wires. Mm-hmm. Um, one more, uh, Chekhov's gun is Old Man Marley's snow shovel. So he's seen with the snow, or shoveling snow or whatever, but then he ends up saving Kevin when he hits, hits him in the back of the head. Yeah, I figured, I, I was gonna, like, say that when we were not even recording the podcast, like, oh, I already figured out a trope, because, like, Buzz explains, like, that's, the salt and everything is, like, what he kills people with, and then it ends up being, like, the... What he saves them with. Yeah. Yep. Like Excalibur, pretty much like, ah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that's Chekhov's gun. This is a new one, Chekhov's gun man. So a lot like Chekhov's gun, Chekhov's gun man or gunman is any character who is in. Um, un- I can't say the word correctly. So, uh, yeah, or un unimportantly, basically introduced to the viewer, but who later proves, proves to be important by the end of the story. Harry is introduced as a policeman who checks if the family has taken precautions against burglary. He is later revealed to be the burglar. Mm-hmm. So he's Chekhov's gunman. This would also apply to the old man Marley, who is not really a serial killer. Yeah. So. Makes sense. <laughs> um, so come out. Come out wherever you are. <laughs> Self-explanatory. Um, it doesn't always have to be said. Sometimes it's implied. It's Santa and his little elf. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, it occurs when Marv and Harry say... We know that you're in there, and you're not, in, and that you're all alone. Yeah. So it's come out, come out wherever you are, or yeah. Um, confiscated phone. That's self-explanatory. Uh, the family, in panic, forces a woman at an airport off the phone. As my girl from uh, Full House would say, would say, "How rude." <laughs> <laughs> I love Stephanie. I'm sorry. Yeah, Americans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, that's so confiscated phone. Like, she didn't necessarily confiscate the phone, but she took that phone from her, yeah. so. Um, conveniently timed attack from behind. Again, self-explanatory. Back to old man Marley and his shovel. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever there's a conveniently timed attack from behind, that's a trip. Uh, this one's pretty funny. So, donut mess with a cop. Like, do not, but do not. Uh, <laughs> self-explanatory. One of the policemen that Kate calls is busy eating a donut well, she tries to explain the situation. I thought he was going to eat the piece of the donut that fell onto the phone. <laughs> and he never did. It just fell off and made like a... <laughs> <laughs> that, but that's a, that's a stereotype with police officers and donuts. Mm-hmm. But it's also a trope. Do not mess with a cop. Or do not mess with a cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you touched on a little bit. Gold tooth. Self-explanatory. Harry has a gold tooth, which produces a rare live-action twinkle smile... Kevin sees it when he is nearly hit by Harry's van and realizes that Harry was the same man posing as a police officer at the beginning of the film. Unfortunately, this makes Harry suspicious of him. When during the climax, Harry gets hit in the face with a paint can, <laughs> it breaks his gold tooth. In the end, Peter finds it on the floor. Yeah. So you, you already mentioned that. Yeah, that's funny. See, right. I, so, I just, I'm just starting to realize the tropes before it's, yeah. it's brought to my attention. <laughs> Well, apparently there's a lot of movies that have, have gold teeth in them, and that's yeah. where the trope comes from. So, um, 
the calling card. So a piece of evidence or item deliberately left at the scene of a crime to serve as the perpetrator's signature. In this instance, Marv likes to flood the houses that he burglarizes. Yeah. Therefore, they are the wet bandits. And that ends up being what the cop says. Like, thanks for doing that. Now we know exactly which, which one you did. Yep, exactly. <laughs> That's their calling card, though. Which um, is kind of funny because when he thinks that there's somebody that kills somebody, he goes... Well, let's see. So that way, if we get caught, we have somebody to put a face to to yep. the story. And I'm like, <laughs> right? <laughs> show within a show. So we kind of mentioned the movie that was made for Kevin to watch. It's called Angels with Filthy Souls. I don't know if it was ever actually mentioned that that's yeah. what it's called. Was it? We didn't mention it, but that's what. No, it, like that, in the movie, does it actually mention that it's called that? It doesn't mention it, but as he's putting the VHS, oh, you can in see the it. VCR, you can okay. see it written so, on there. Angels with Filthy Souls, made specifically for the movie. The title is actually a parody of a real 30s gangster flick, Angels with Dirty Faces, though the fake movie scenes don't parody any scene from that film. But Another show within a show. We reviewed it last week. The Grinch. He's watching The Grinch at the beginning of it. Oh, he is? Mm-hmm. The Grinch is watching The Grinch? No. Kevin's watching The Grinch. <gasps> oh, I thought you were saying in the last movie we reviewed. Oh, yeah. There's actually... Um, I think he's watching a couple things in this isn't he or the family does or maybe that was on christmas vacation they're watching something but yes you're right show within a show yep mm-hmm. that, that's absolutely one um another one we've had before what happened to the mouse or in this case what happened to the tarantula we never find out where axel the tarantula went after he saved the two crooks or not after he saved but after he scared them yeah no just crawls off. Just yeah, you would have thought that would have been the first thing Buzz said. He said, what'd you do to my room? He didn't say, like, where's my, where's Axel? Like, I don't know. If I walked into that mess of a room, I don't think I would have said anything about the tarantula. I would have been like, what the fuck? Yeah. It just <laughs> but, seemed like, like Buzz was more into his tarantula than anything else. Yeah. And obviously the cheese pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, his little fat ass likes food, huh? Like, you gotta love him. <laughs> well, that's all, that's all uh, the tropes that I... I've got for this episode. Yeah, uh, I can go back into some part of the movie, some stuff in the movie, you know, like uh, the part where they're in the church and he uh, he's talking to told me and Marley, and yeah. he's like, yeah, "That's my that's my niece up there, but I don't ever get to see her." You're like, I think that that's like a pretty significant part of the movie because the whole time Kevin's scared of him, he's like, "You know, you can just wave to me instead of right? being scared of me." So yep. like. It's kind of cool that they, like I said, they touch base and they, like, they cover their asses. Like, we're going to call that covering your ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very interesting to learn that um, John Hughes didn't have Old Man Marley part in the movie at all. Yeah. And Chris Columbus is the one that wanted to add that. Because it's a completely different movie without Old Man Marley. Yeah. Like, yeah, like how would have, how would the, that have happened with the shovel you know, like saving Kevin if it wasn't for I guess it would probably have been another trick for him to escape or something. I don't know. Yeah, but it... I think the old man Marley was definitely needed, so good job, Chris Columbus, on yeah. convincing Mr. Hughes of that. Uh settle your differences with Chevy Chase, because I'm sure you two would be a good pair. <laughs> <laughs> that's my opinion, and that's all the opinions and tropes I have. <laughs> yep. Um hopefully uh just like John Candy um, Mr. Pulowski, two brothers in review can be big in Sheboygan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just wanted to get that out. R.I.P. John Candy. Damn. Uh, so, 
next week's review, I'm just going to go ahead and get into it. Yeah. Uh, I know Christmas is over after... Like, Yesterday. As, as of today, like, yeah. you know. But I wanted... There's another Christmas movie we didn't get to do, and I feel like I'd be doing myself a displeasure if I didn't. Does it happen to be the one that you mentioned during the bonus episode? Which one was that? Starring Will Ferrell. Oh, yes. Elf. Good, good. Hey, December's not over yet, so. (laughs) I'll do Elf, but I think we should make that our bonus episode for next week since it's a holiday, technically. New Year's, all right. So we can do Elf on Friday. Ooh, back-to-back bonus episode weeks. I like it. Mm -hmm. We're we're giving them everything they can do to get us to 100, and they're just... I love you guys anyways. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no. Um... So, Elf on Friday. Okay. And then, what do you think about Forrest Gump? That's going to be the first of... um, First of the year. First of the year, and we already said that January is going to be our favorites. Yeah. Well, Forrest Gump, for me, is definitely one of my favorites. Okay. So, (laughs) I'm all for it. Um, I used to do a really good Forrest Gump impression, but I don't know if I can do it anymore. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll have have to tune in to find out. Yeah. I just think because like that you know they celebrate New Year's and stuff on on and Christmas and stuff yeah. in, in the movie. Okay. And Tom Hanks is one of my favorite like actors. I, I'd say okay. not. I, I wouldn't say he's my favorite. He's one of them. So like I think we should do Elf and then Forrest Gump. That's a good good combo. All right. Yeah. One then, two punch. Okay. Yeah. So, and like like we said before, uh, get on Instagram, follow us. Two Bros in Review. Uh, we post. As much as we can, we post all of our, our cover art, uh, if you will, uh, notifications about... Uh, Bonus episodes yeah. and anything else we might have in the works. Yep. All the, all the, the pertinent information is going to be on our Instagram. Um, we put out as much as we can on the podcast, but that's only... A, a once a week thing unless we do bonuses so yeah. always always check that instagram if you're not following us it's two bros in a review um trying to get to 100 followers so we can start doing live action uh videos and like i said i'm gonna for the first one i'm gonna do some hot like a little rip off of the hot ones if you never watched those check those out um but i'll be eating some food with some different hot sauces while i do the review yeah so it's gonna be pretty interesting and that's only something that you can you can see and, I mean, I'll get to see it in person. You'll get to see it live on Instagram once we get to 100 followers. We're halfway there, guys. Yeah, halfway there, and you never know what movie it is we're going to be reviewing when he has to eat hot wings and <laughs> review it. So, hopefully it's a comedy, because that would make it even funnier. <laughs> but, uh... Um, another, another thing, you're already doing it if you're listening right now, but uh, listen to us every week on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I'm just keep pounding in y'all's head. Several platforms. Um, if there's a platform you want us on, we're not on it. Just slide into our DMs, two bros, and a review on Instagram. Let us know what platform you want us on, and we will do everything we can to get us on there. And then again, like we said at the beginning, and we say every week for you guys, please go over to Apple Podcasts. You can find that on the Apple devices. It's a purple icon. Just give us five stars and leave a comment. You can find us as two brothers in a review, just like it is on the, on the actual uh, podcast itself. Um, you know, you don't have to just leave five stars and leave leave that comment section blank. Put something funny on there. Make us laugh. 
We love that kind of stuff. Let us know what you got for Christmas or what you didn't get for Christmas. Just just put something there. But yeah. it helps us out a lot. So please, helps please us, do it. It helps us climb them charts, you know, and keeps us doing how we're doing. Yep. Keeps motivating us to do more reviews. We're doing bonus episodes here and there, but you never know. Maybe we'll get to the point where we're putting out five, six episodes a week. Who yeah. knows? Only if we get those reviews, though. And then, uh, speaking of uh, reviews and all that stuff, you need to go over to TRG, which is Those Random Guys. That is our brother Corey and our brother from another mother, Tommy's uh, podcast. It's fucking hilarious. I, I catch myself laughing every time I, I catch up. You listen to it a lot more than I do, but I, I do try to listen to it, and I've been watching it more, um, just because, like, my commute to work isn't that long, so it's like a like a 12-minute drive to work yeah. and 12-minute home, <laughs> and when I'm getting off work, I'm, like, probably just trying to smoke cigarettes and, like, listen to, like, death metal, so, <laughs> but, like, I, I have been watching it, like, whenever I'm home, I mean... It's pretty funny, in my opinion. <laughs> agree, agree. Um, very, very passionate about what they're talking about. Very informative about the word talking what they're talking about. Those two are awesome, and yeah, I find myself listening to podcasts a lot more now than than music. I mean, I still listen to music, but um, every Tuesday I try to listen, watch. Really, when I do the dishes, I watch it. Or if I'm driving over here, I, I watch it, mm-hmm. listen to it. Cause I can't watch while I'm driving. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing for you guys to check out on YouTube is my YouTube channel, High Society Productions. Um, if you just type in High Society Productions, I said it before, there's several imitators, but I am the one and true, only true one. It's me with my High Society hat on. So click on that and then check out my videos, like them, subscribe, let everybody else know about it. Keep coming back for more content because the beginning of this year or next year, 2021, I am going to put out a lot more content than I have right now to include I'm trying to challenge myself to put out something every day, whether it's just a short little vlog or me ranting about something, whatever. Uh, I'm going to try to put out content every day, 365 days for 2021. So please, please, please go check out my YouTube and subscribe. All right. And don't forget our opposite. (laughs) Sorry about that. I was reading something else that wasn't on like in my head. Uh, every Saturday, our episodes for Two Brothers in a Review drops at noon Eastern. So make sure you uh, tune in and listen and find out what we're reviewing next. Looks like Elf is going to be next up. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Got a long drive home, but if I uh, am still awake, I might actually just go ahead and pop it on when I get home. Oh, I'm going to sleep as soon as you walk out the door. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll probably get back on the Xbox and play some games or something. But uh, Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, just wanted to say I'm Kyle Webb. And I'm his brother, Nathan Webb. And you're listening to our podcast. Two Brothers and a Review. Keep the change, you filthy animal.